Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from CN Rail Executive Vice President Sean Finn. And up first in today's country comment, we're joined by the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown-Livingston. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Following last week's rain, more weeds are showing up. I caught up with Kim Brown Livingston, the province's weed specialist. Yeah, we sure are. And and that's a bit of a problem um, because a lot of guys have done their spraying or they're really right at the very end of the right staging for spraying. And, you know, they're kind of thinking, should I be waiting? And really, um, if you've already sprayed and you're past the, the safe, uh, staging for spraying you really can't be doing anything more um, and also you know you just have to be you have to stay within that staging so we have definitely seen a flush of weeds coming since that rain I'm really hoping that we've got really good uh, crop competition now now that the, the crops have really jumped since the rain as well so hopefully those crops will get uh, stay ahead of those weeds and kind of you know shade them out and, and that type of thing and competition will be uh, we're we're going to have to rely on competition to go after some of those weeds that have just emerged. Talk about the challenging year it's been here so far, just with the with the heat and wind, and just some of the challenges that uh, farmers are facing. Yeah, it's uh, you know spraying is never easy. If you actually add up all the days that are perfect for spraying, there's really not very many. And uh, this year it's been it's been quite an ugly spraying season. We've had uh, frost, so you know we had to wait. To, until the plants recovered from that. And then we had extreme heat, and then we had super high winds on more than one occasion. Um, so, you know, we've got crop damage from that. The, the winds keep us out of the field. Um, and then on top of that, we've had this prolonged drought. We, you know, we've had a bit of a reprieve from that with the moisture we got last week, but we're still not out of the woods yet on that. So it's just been really challenging uh, from a spray perspective, and I really applaud our farmers for, for getting the job done. Um, you know, they've put in some long hours, and they've grabbed, as soon as the window was there to spray, they, they were spraying because uh, it was too challenging this year. Yeah, and I'm uh, just wondering if you had a thought uh, with a lot of these municipalities trying to conserve water and, and putting different measures in place. Is that a another hurdle there for farmers? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, um, We've been lucky that we've been able to access good, clean water uh, lately. You know, some people are on municipal water themselves at the farm. Um, there's municipal wells. I know I've been hearing reports of lineups and, and that type of thing. And, and just I know there's been water conservation measures all through the Pemina Valley Water Co-op. And um, it is really challenging because it's important that we have good, clean water for spraying. So I know more farmers have had to go to dugouts and that type of thing and, and you know, using um, groundwater or stored groundwater. And so it does make it more challenging. There's a few, you know, there's um, water quality parameters that we have to be aware of. And, uh, you know, if, if you're using a new water source, we strongly urge you get a water test done and kind of find out what's in it. Some things you can see if it's really dirty water, that is not good for spring glyphosate. Um, that it inactivates the glyphosate and, and, and that won't work. The, the pesticide just doesn't work then. Um, but uh, so that's one you can see, but there's other factors like the hardness or bicarbonate or even pH levels. You can't tell that by looking at it. So uh, if someone is using a different water source that they're not familiar with, uh, we strongly urge that you get a water test and, and uh, you know, there's, uh, there's lots of information we can help kind of determine or interpret the test and, you know, and kind of uh, 
what to do once you get that water test. There are some uh, some things you can do with, if you get a water bath. There's sometimes ammonium sulfate. Actually, um, adding ammonium sulfate to the water uh, can really help if you've got hardness issues and that type of thing. That was Kim Brown Livingston, Provincial Weed Specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The federal government announced this week that the new $165.7 million Agricultural Clean Technology Program is now open to applicants. Jim Carr is MP for Winnipeg South Centre and the Prime Minister's Special Representative for the Prairies. One of the things I've heard repeatedly from farmers is that there is a need to specifically address the cost they assume to dry grain. We've heard you. The program being launched today will allocate $50 million specifically for the purchase and installation of more energy-efficient grain dryers. The new program has two funding streams, including the adoption stream and the research and innovation stream. And cereal crops in Manitoba are bouncing back following some good moisture last week. Mallory LaWarn is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Cereals are looking a lot better than a couple of weeks ago. Winter wheat across the province is starting to head out. And then spring cereal staging is dependent on seeding date. I would say the majority of fields are at about the tillering or stem elongation stage. But some of those earlier seeded fields are already at flag leaf emergence. Overall, cereals are very stagey and shorter than normal across much of the province and then also within individual fields. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, June 18th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from CNRL Executive Vice President Sean Finn. Joining us on the program today is CN Rail Executive Vice President Sean Finn. We announced a couple of weeks ago that CN uh, was uh, entering into a combination called, called a merger with Kansas City Southern Railway, which is based in Kansas City, uh, Kansas, and uh, goes all the way from Kansas City to the Gulf of Mexico, but also deep into Mexico. Uh, and it's a pretty unique network. Uh, combined with our network that goes, as you know, east-west in Canada, but also down the Mississippi, also the Gulf of Mexico, you know, will provide an opportunity for CN to continue its growth as the USMCA railway. By putting together uh, these two railways will allow uh, the reach of Alberta, of Manitoba grain farmers and Alberta grain farmers to reach the markets deep into Mexico, which is a a great advantage for for our Western Canadian grain farmers. Obviously, CN, uh, you know, is very, very excited about this potential transaction. It's subject to approval by the U.S. Uh, regulatory bodies called the Surface Transportation Board, but it is a $33 billion acquisition, and it'll bring together, you know, our um, great Canadian and U.S. network combined to their great U.S. network and Mexican network and create, you know, what we're calling connecting the continent for the benefit of, the, of uh, for example, grain farmers or ag uh, the ag industry in Manitoba will give access to deep markets into the U.S., but also deep markets into, into Mexico and vice versa. So, uh, you know, a great story, and it's going to be very beneficial for uh, not just the railways, but also our, more important, our customers, uh, the communities we operate in, but also the three countries, Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. And, uh, Sean, tell us about the uh, $95 million investment in uh, Manitoba here and, and um, what'll be, uh, what that money will be used for. Yeah, so uh, again, this year uh, we announced uh, uh, yesterday the uh, our investment, our capital investments for Manitoba 
for uh, 2021. A bit late to get it out there, but we had some challenges with COVID, obviously. But uh, you know, and that that's the basic investment. You can almost double it when you take into account the use of our uh, locomotives, our hoppers. We're buying a thousand new hopper cars. Uh, uh, they'll be come online this fall to help us move the grain crop that starts uh, you know, later this summer, as you know. But uh, half of the amount, almost almost hundred million dollars, is just basic investment into maintaining our track, make sure we keep a safe railway going forward and serve our customers in effective fashion. And, uh, you know, the rest uh, above that amount is the use of our assets, plus some investments to improve access to some uh, customer facilities uh, in and around uh, uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba. So very excited by the capital. That's our yearly capital. But again, you know, that is $95 million in Manitoba, but the total uh, portfolio, uh, the portfolio envelope is, Almost uh, almost three billion dollars, which is almost you know a bit less than twenty percent of our gross revenue. So, you know, this is we open the door on January first every year, and twenty cents of every dollar we earn goes gets reinvested back in the network and you know locomotives, track, uh, cars, to make sure that our railway is resilient to serve our customers uh, in Western Canada and the grain the grain industry in Manitoba is a very important part of that uh, that investment. And give us a bit of an update on uh, grain movement. How have things uh, been uh, going there? Well, grain has been, uh, you know, meeting record movements every month uh, all the way to the end of April. Uh, so, you know, for 16 months in a row, we had year-over-year record grain movements. We're at 27.6 million uh, tons, of which um, that is 3.5 million tons more than the three-year average, but also 3.4 million tons than the same time last year. So, obviously, the grain has moved. Uh, May is a bit a bit weaker in part because of the fact that uh, there's less grain to move, uh, there's less less of a carryover. But you know we still move quite a bit of grain. We're still moving 4,000 cars a week even during May. So as we got out of seeding and into into uh, people getting back to starting to move some grain, we'll surprise a little pickup to end off the, the season. We hope at a at a strong year end season for this uh, this grain crop. And then we're getting ready for next year. Obviously. Um, uh, you know, we have got the, we invested in locomotives and track maintenance and expansion as well as uh, cars, for example, a thousand hopper cars to make sure we're ready to face next year's crop. And with you know, last week's rain, which was like, welcomed by uh, by all of us, uh, you know, that uh, in Western Canada, but also by the grain farmers, especially in the eastern part of the of the prairies, was uh, very beneficial. I think uh, we're happy to see that that moisture came, and hopefully that will help the crop. Uh, continue to grow in a good way so we have a strong crop year. We're just finishing off the quarry, the grain plan for 2021-2022 and there'll be a good story to tell for us being ready to help uh, the grain industry and the ag ag industry in Western Canada move their products to market. That was Sean Finn, Executive Vice President of CN Rail. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Agwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd at 9 a.m. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, we're joined once again by the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown-Livingston. I think we're always going to see problems, or, or just lately the last few years anyways, we see a lot of issues with wild buckwheat and lambs quarters. And I don't 
really think that I think those are just getting away on us early in the spring. They're harder to get once they get big. Something like wild buckwheat, once it gets past a couple of leaves and it starts to get all viney on you, um, it is tough to get. And lamb's quarters puts on pairs of leaves very, very early. When it's small, you can have a six-leaf lamb's quarters that's only a couple of inches tall. Especially this year with the dry conditions, it was very slow. Um, and so you know, those weeds we are seeing, they just seem to be all getting away on us all the time. And then beyond that, we're seeing kind of our dry saline weeds, like lots of kosha. Um, lots of guys talking about foxtail barley. They've seen more this year than any than ever. Lots more kosher this year than ever. So those are weeds that we're seeing, I think, because of the salinity issues. And when we're in dry conditions, we tend to have more saline conditions just because of the way uh, water, with the water, the way the water moves in the soil. I just really want to thank our farmers. I think they've done a tremendous job at spraying in some extremely challenging conditions, and and I know that the you know the water use issues are are there. And I know our farmers are very good um, at conserving water, and so I think that you know we're very good at at spraying only when we have to, and you know spraying at the right time and making sure the pesticides work as best they can. And uh, we're doing our best to to you know use the minimal amount of water. Uh, and still get the job done. Any thoughts on um, maximum residue limits or um, pre-harvest intervals, uh, you know, as we approach that time? Or Yeah, yeah, and that's one reason, another reason to, to stay within the pesticide-labeled um, crop staging. Um, one, one reason is for crop safety. When our crops are in the vegetative stage, like when they're all leafy and growing, that type of thing, um, that's, that's the vegetative stage. When they start, when the seed heads are forming and they start, they turn into reproductive stage and they're starting to put their energy into growing that seed, um, it changes a lot of the metabolism in the plant. So from a safety perspective, we don't want those pesticides on, um, any later than what's labeled because that's what's safe, um, so that, that, uh, for, for the crop. Uh, but also the maximum residue limits are determined, um, based on when those pesticides are sprayed. So if a herbicide is supposed to have a pre-harvest interval of 60 days, well, then you can't be spraying it very late in the year because you have to have a 60-day interval for that pesticide, you know, to basically clear through the system and, and get metabolized, and then the residue limits um, are will, you know, they'll be very low or not detectable. So for a couple of reasons, like, we really have to stick with the labeled uh, crop staging, and uh, the MRLs is something that we really have to watch. That was Provincial Weed Specialist Kim Brown-Livingston with Manitoba Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba's potato crop is benefiting from the recent moisture. Vikram Bisht is with Manitoba Agriculture. The crops uh, are looking really, really good. There are a few issues that are uh, starting to appear, something because of the heat. The subsoil was uh, still moist in some places. There is uh, some seed rot. Not much can be done, but it isn't as bad as uh, it could have been. And the federal government announced this week that the new $165.7 million Agricultural Clean Technology Program is now open to applicants. Jim Carr is MP for Winnipeg South Centre, and the Prime Minister's special representative for the Prairies. The program being launched today will allocate $50 million specifically for the purchase and installation of more energy-efficient grain dryers. That means that as of today, farmers can begin applying to receive grants of at least $25,000 for upgrades and new purchases of clean grain-drying technology. 
The new program has two funding streams, including the Adoption Stream and the Research and Innovation Stream. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday, starting at 12 noon.